0: Hello and
1: welcome to YQL Stories. I'm your host, Andreas Trotsky, and today we will be talking with Husky First Charger. Husky comes to us to share about his journey and love for skateboarding, a sport which he credits for redirecting the path of his life when he was a youth and enabling him to foster a stronger relationship with his daughter later in life. And today, Husky is using skateboarding as a tool that has enabled him to spread awareness and positivity throughout his community. Thank you for stopping by
0: and I hope you enjoy the interview. And we'll get going. Everyone will know you as mayor,
1: but maybe you can uh, introduce to everyone some of the things you do when you aren't busy uh, serving the city.
0: Well, my name is Chris Spearman. Uh, I've been the mayor of Lethbridge since 2013 and am now retiring as of uh, October the 25th. So. The interview is being, taking place on Friday, October the 22nd, uh, or Thursday, October 21st, and uh, just to let you know, I've been sort of practicing for retirement for the last little while. And I'm not uh, a gifted athlete, but it's important to me to try to stay busy and try and stay active. So we have a property in the Castle Valley, which lends itself to a lot of outdoor activities, So some of the things you'll see me doing is hiking, maybe uh, going on some of the local trails in the Castle Valley, climbing Table Mountain or some of the other climbs in the area, doing backcountry skiing in the wintertime or doing uh, snowshoeing occasionally, cycling in the summertime. Uh, There's a lot of activities uh, that that we can do. And... uh, Where we are on the property, uh, we can do daily hikes, which are fairly uh, rigorous, so uh, the land is not flat, so you're going up and down, and, uh, you know, um, a one-hour hike can uh, give you a lot of energy and a lot of endurance, Uh, so uh, that's what I've been doing, and fresh air, being with nature, occasionally seeing some wonderful animals, and being out there is uh, what I enjoy doing. Well, it's it uh, sounds like you've gotten a
1: lot of practice in uh, for retirement from uh, from all that you just listed. Um, so for how long have you been in the? Uh, is it the Table Mountain area? How long have you been there
0: and been able to do Castle all these? Valley, about five years. The other thing that's really helped in a bizarre way is uh, the pandemic, in the sense that I had to spend most of my evenings and weekends in Lethbridge until uh, the pandemic. But in March 2020 suddenly all my uh, social commitments that went along with being the mayor all got canceled. So um, that's unfortunate for the organizations that were hosting those types of events, but it was great for me. Suddenly I had my evenings back and my weekends back, and I could actually practice for retirement a lot more uh, because uh, we spent a lot more time in the outdoors than we otherwise would have. So I would have been caught in the city for most weekends having to go to public events on behalf of the City of Lethbridge and as the Mayor. And I enjoyed them in the first six and a half years of the mandate, but it was great for the last year and a half to ease my way into retirement and uh, begin to appreciate at a much greater level being in the outdoors and getting a lot of exercise. Fantastic. I mean, every cloud has a silver lining, I guess, in in regards to the pandemic.
1: So has this been a a relatively new part of your life then as you've transitioned towards retirement? Or or was there some level of activity that you enjoyed uh, through your youth and through
0: growing up to the point where you are now? I would say it's become more intensified as I move towards retirement. I would do the occasional things, but I wouldn't say that I had a whole lot of endurance. And when I first began doing some of these longer hikes and uh, I found it exhausting, and then I realized that I needed to get into better shape. So uh, then I took it on as a challenge and I'm much better at it now than I than I was when I first started a couple of years ago, uh, doing it in more, more intensely. So I have done other things like I used to enjoy going to Waterton and climbing Bear's Hump or, you know, done Crip Lake a couple of times, those type of things. This is much more frequent. I'm enjoying it a lot more.
1: Well, I'm very glad to hear that. And uh, what would you say the, the
0: main inspiration behind it is? What's, what's your
1: biggest source of enjoyment from, from participating in this?
0: well, my wife likes to do this stuff. And uh, so we're, we're doing it together. <laughs> so uh, that's, uh, I would say that's the biggest source of inspiration because, uh, you know, she she's uh, very much a hiker and uh, goes for daily walks and uh, her, her mother's property is out there and she's been doing that with her mom for quite some time. And uh, I just began, I got drawn into that and, and then suddenly I, I began to enjoy it as much as she does. So We enjoy doing that together, so I think that's perfect.
1: That is perfect, and and what a great source of inspiration that is. Uh, I've also received a tip that your kids are, and I'll quote Susan here, avid judoka. Uh, When I think of sports in Southern Alberta, judo certainly isn't one of the first ones that jumps to mind, so maybe you could tell me a bit about how they got involved in the sport and what their experience was like.
0: Well, I've been in Lethbridge for 40 years, and I'd actually lived in... uh, all the Eastern provinces, except New Brunswick. But I was, uh, after I graduated from university in 1975, I, I graduated from St. Mary's University in Halifax. And at that time, there were relatively high levels of unemployment in Eastern provinces and Nova Scotia. So I managed to get hired by a bank in Toronto. So my first job was, was with a bank for a couple of years, and uh, I got a few other jobs, but then in 1981, I was working for a distilling company making uh, uh, vodka and whiskey and gin and they had a western plant and uh, there was an opening out here in Lethbridge and they said would you be interested and I had a couple of little kids and I thought wow yeah I'd I'd love to uh, not have to raise them in the big city so I came out and I fell in love with Lethbridge on site on site the river valley uh, all of that and then when they got a little older I learned that the national coach for judo lived in Lethbridge. That was a fellow by the name of Josh Senda. So he started a first judo club in Lethbridge in the early 1950s. But anyway, uh, what better training could you have than to have your kids taught judo by Canada's <laughs> national judo coach? So that's really worked out well. So... My oldest daughter has gone on, all my, three of my four kids are black belts, uh, multi-level black belts. My oldest daughter is now the vice president of Judo Alberta, and she has her own judo club in Pincher Creek. Uh, My oldest son went to Australia in, uh, he was in South Australia and in Adelaide, and the first couple of years he was there, he won his state. And was competing nationally in Australia, so um, he he's done very well. He and he competed nationally uh, here in in Canada. He's always going to the nationals. Uh, my youngest son also has been a very successful judokan, and he's now in Japan. So uh, he's he's using his judo. All my kids were in French immersion, and France uh, judo is also very popular. So between French. Uh, being able to speak French and being able to be uh, a, a good judokan, you basically have two passports that get you in the door in most places in the world. So, uh, you know, when they're on holidays in France or if they did work experiences in France, they would go to the local judo club. And my son in Japan goes to the local judo club. And my son in Australia went to the local judo club. So it's been fantastic. It's just uh, an accident of riches we uh, fortunate here in Lethbridge to have those kind of opportunities. We still have a fantastic judo club. And when you go into the uh, judo center here in Lethbridge, you see the banners on the walls of, uh, the, of the black belts. And you see the uh, people who've gone to international competitions, people who've competed in the Olympics, and all of them received their training in Lethbridge. So uh, uh, my family's benefited from that. And uh, many other families have too.
1: Absolutely, uh, I think that the Judo Club continues to be the Western hub for uh, the Canadian Judo program, and uh, and Yosh Senda obviously has been a inductee into the Lethbridge Sport Hall of Fame, the University of Lethbridge uh, Hall of Fame. I believe quite a a glittering resume there. Not a terrible place to to get your kids to learn Judo just for some fun.
0: Um. <laughs> like I say, it's a, when you go when you travel when you're older, it's a passport. And uh, you, can, you get to meet people much more quickly. You just to, It's an asset that people shouldn't miss.
1: I can completely agree there. that it, That's a very shining review. I hope that they can put that on their website somewhere. Um, so outside of the, the prospect of it being a passport, and obviously they had a, a whole list of competitive successes, how did you see it defect, uh, affect their development into the people that they've become today?
0: Well, judo is a sport that requires a lot of discipline. It's a a sport that demands a lot of respect for your competitors and your coaches. And uh, as I said, Mr. Senda probably exemplified all of that. My kids were terrified to disappoint Mr. Senda when he was their coach. Like, if, if you went to a competition and didn't do your best, he would let you know that. And that if you didn't compete at your potential, and he was... He was probably the only coach at every judo competition that was not yelling at their that their athletes while they were fighting. His style was, uh, you've already trained them, let them compete. And when they come off the mat, after the match, he would tell them what he thought they did well and what they needed to improve on. But he never yelled at them or belittled them while they were fighting, saying they should do something better. And uh, I think my kid's, really appreciated that and I, I think they carry a little bit of that with them today that even though they're very competent judokans, they're never aggressive with it for them to use judo in the public realm it's uh it's usually because they're protecting somebody or uh, or they've been threatened themselves or something like that but they're never and true judokans never use their skills in a way, uh, in an aggressive manner, it's always self-defense, if needed. It sounds like a
1: fantastic teacher, though, that, that shouldn't be a surprise, and they, they certainly learned well from him. Um, as, a, as a father, watching your kids compete in judo, I don't want you to pick favorites here, but what, what would you say is one of or, or a few of your proudest moments watching them through their experience?
0: Well, seeing, seeing them compete at the national level and the competition is really stiff. Uh, you know, the, uh, seeing them compete at the national level is, is, was really something that was, I was very proud of. And, uh, you know, the way that uh, they fought and competed, they can be proud of themselves. Uh, my older daughter, who's, who's uh, got her own judo club, she now uh, referees for national and international tournaments as well. And so part of judo uh, is giving back to the sport you know, in ways in selfless ways afterwards, and uh, they've all coached, they've all volunteered to coach and, uh, and train younger uh, kids, younger athletes. So that's what I think uh, they can, I can be proud of is that uh, it's not always about winning because it's really tough. One of the toughest sports, there's two people on a mat, one's going to win and one isn't. And, uh, and that's, that's just the way things go. But, uh, it, and it's, uh, on the other hand, that sport just builds so much character. And uh, the friendships that my kids had when, uh, when they first started judo have persisted to this day. You know, anytime judokans get together, even if they've been away, from, haven't seen each other for 10 or 20 years, uh, they have those shared memories.
1: Well, there's a lot to be proud of and cherish there, uh, for sure. Something you said earlier about judo actually spawned a thought for me, and maybe I'm reaching a bit here, but you talked about how judokans only ever act in self-defense. So people getting involved in judo could be looking for some form of self-defense or security, but people also get involved involved in sport and activity uh, to improve their personal health, or because they want to become an active member of their community, which funny enough, again, maybe this is a reach on my part, but that starts to sound a bit like a few of the things you hear on the platforms of people running for a uh, public office. And I was wondering if from your experience, you had any other examples of parallels between sport and and being a public servant?
0: I think endurance is part of that. Uh, you know, when you're a public servant, in as an elected person, I just find that uh, the job is really uh, absorbing and it becomes your life seven days of the week you know when you're in the grocery store when you're out in public people are always see you as a politician and ask you questions uh, which are always political questions and uh, it's uh, sometimes you just need a break from that but uh, but it's it's all about endurance and and i see that too in sport but you just have to keep going uh, there's a lot more to judo than the actual competitions you know the training to go to a, tr- a judo training session, just a regular class, and see how much those kids are doing. You know, they're exhausted after every class, but they're building endurance. And uh, they're, it, it's strength of character. And I think that really helps a lot uh, and translates into other things in life. Whether, you know, education's another piece, and Mr. Sender was one that was always saying, Education is so important, and you know you have to do well in judo and you have to do well in school. And the cool thing about Mister Mister was he attended every one of my kids' uh, university graduations, and he did that for other other judokans as well. So he really was uh, he would he would show up. It was it was like they were his own kids, you know. And it was uh, that's the, the thing. I think whether it's education or whether it's your career, doing doing well in sports and and completely committing yourself to something is being able to do that in sport allows you to do that in other forms of life. And of course, any uh, engagement in any sport uh, where there's a a big time commitment means that you're doing things uh, that are productive And of course, there's when people don't have things to use their time, often that's when they drift off into other things which can be self-destructive. So uh, we just hope that uh, everyone can have a positive life and and people can do the right things. It builds tremendous friendships, as I've said, you know, these people that were in judo 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago and haven't seen each other since. And then they get together and they have that shared experience, that shared background. so
1: much value there, and I think often it gets lost at times. I mean, you said it earlier when describing judo, it's two people on a mat, and sometimes it's easy to focus on it as just a winner and a loser, but it it is productive. There's a lot that goes into it outside of just the the competition aspect, and I think it's very important for people to understand that. And hopefully I can set the record for making this your least political interview of all time. Uh, We'll see if I can (laughs) succeed in that. Maybe we can talk about hopefully what's been one of the most fun parts of your job. And that's been hosting a multitude of sporting events here in Lethbridge over the years, just off the top of my head and feel free to add if I miss any, but I know on the university side in 2017, we had the women's rugby national championships in 2019. We had the men's hockey national championships. Uh, Also in 2019, we had the world championships of curling on the men's side. Uh, We had the 2020 Alberta Summer Games, which unfortunately got canceled due to COVID, but there was a a whole bidding process we went through due to that, and uh, just recently it's been announced that uh, we will be the host for the 2022 Briar, which you won't be in office when that happens, but you were in office when it was announced, so I think we can give you credit for that, so I hope you can tell me a little bit about what it's like being in the mayor's position when hosting events of this magnitude happens and what you see in the community of Lethbridge when they take place.
0: Well, it builds community pli- pride and it also uh, really uh, showcases the community to others who don't live here. And often there's national television coverage as there will be for the Briar as there was for the world uh, men's Girling, and also uh, with the, uh, the qualifiers for uh, the mixed, Doubles curling. Uh, we had teams from all around the world competing. Uh, we hosted a Skate Canada event, and we had the top skaters in the world competing here from all uh, countries. We had we had massive uh, television coverage for that. So, what we did at the City of Lethbridge, we created a special events funding grant. And uh, so that special events funding grant allows community organizations to apply for national and international events, uh, things of that caliber. And the city will contribute, you know, anywhere from $100,000 or more in support of that grant in order to get the application process going. Uh, We've done that. And I think because we've done that, we've been fairly successful in attracting those levels of competitions. So I hope that the city continues to do that. There's some things we'd still like to do. We'd like to host a Memorial Cup, for example, or some other events like that, that continue to build the, the uh, PGA uh, qualifying uh, events. We did those for three years as well, uh, up and coming PGA players, uh, you know, so doing that tour hosting it at Paradise Canyon, uh, again, Tremendous opportunities because you get some local local golfers get to play in that as well. Uh, we get about eight positions that where we can pick people from across Alberta to come in and compete against these guys who are trying to break into the top level of the PGA. So, I think as a city and as a mayor, I'm really proud to be able to be at those events and supporting those events. I don't. I'm not looking for international publicity, and really, the mayor usually doesn't get much. You, you know, you kind of welcome people at the beginning and you might hand out a trophy at the end or something. But on the whole, it's all about the athletes. But in the background, it's all about the uh, the city of Lethbridge as well. We hosted some tour of Alberta cycling events here and uh, we have some beautiful scenery and the, and the videos of the races that were showcased in Lethbridge. Like people were saying, wow, you know, the hill climbs and things like that. Tremendous. And those are exciting to be part of, uh, for me as well, to see the competitions and see a cycling race that lasts for uh, two and a half to three hours. And then it's a photo finish at the end, you know, where you, uh, when you're standing on the finish line and you can't tell who won, it's just uh, amazing. And that, that is exciting Uh, to be all part of that, the Skate Canada event, the golfing events, the curling events. And, uh, you know, participating and going to the, uh, the socials around those events and meeting people from all over the world, uh, it's tremendous to hear them talk positively about the city of Lethbridge is certainly reassuring.
1: Absolutely. And, and what a great way to, to showcase the community of Lethbridge for, for sure. And I think we've had some very big successes with uh, many of those events that we've hosted. and. Maybe if I could get you to be a little selfish here, could you pick one or two of your personal favorite moments from all of those events that we've hosted during your time in office?
0: Well, certainly the the World Men's Curling was fantastic. I've attended some of the women's events as well, the Tournament of Hearts, when we have hosted those before I was the mayor. I enjoyed those as well. As I said, the uh, Tour of Alberta cycling event was, was tremendous, and uh, it was exciting. I got to go in some of the... Uh, the cars the that, that followed the bikes and uh, it was great to see the race and have it explained to me by people who w- were really knowledgeable about about those types of things to getting and learning about those types of things uh, you know the Lethbridge hurricanes uh, tremendous to, to they've had a few good runs in the playoffs and been tremendous to be su- supporting them uh, our university teams, tremendous, uh, tremendous skills, uh, opportunities, attending some of the events, uh, you know, I think we brought in uh, the Canadian men's soccer coach, or the football coach, uh, John Herman, and uh, back then he was the women's coach. When he came to, uh, and we've had Clara Hughes here, you know, the, the university sports breakfasts, uh, the fundraising breakfast, you learn a lot. People come and talk about things like mental health. When you're, uh, Clara Hughes, uh, the challenges that she had when she was competing internationally and, uh, the highs and lows, uh, of competition. Uh, we heard the same from, uh, some of our, uh, other presenters as well. Uh, you know, tremendous the, the pressure that's on athletes. Uh, they're competing, whether it's in professional sports or representing our country internationally, and understanding that, you know, um, there's a lot of people who are really disappointed when Canada doesn't do well, either as individual athletes or as teams. But uh, the pressure that they're under to perform and win is tremendous. So uh, great to hear them talk about it and, and, hear them uh, come out the other side and give advice to other young athletes who may be struggling.
1: Absolutely. Uh, It's it's a two-way street. Every event we host and uh, figure that comes to Lethbridge, it serves as publicity for the city on a national or international stage, but it also serves as an opportunity for people within the community to do a great deal of learning and, and hopefully get inspired to compete and participate in sports going forward. So when you think about the community of Lethbridge as a whole, what do you hope that the event, uh, the legacy of these events will be uh, going forward in the years after your
0: time as mayor? Well, I hope that all young people see opportunities. And as I said, if you're involved in a sport and it's taking up a lot of your time, that's a good thing. And if you can have the support and the resources to be the best you can be, then there is nothing, you don't lose by any of that. Every year there are awards for athletes and coaches locally um, who are doing well, who are exemplary. It, it's, it's great to hear the athletes stand up and talk about who supported them in order for them to be successful. And they are always talking about their families and they're always talking about their coaches and uh, saying uh, without their support, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have done what they had done. And so it's great to hear those individual stories. And we always want to make sure that Lethbridge has the opportunities and the facilities to offer choices to young people so they can succeed at their dreams and be successful in sport and in life.
1: I love that. I I love hearing uh if you have a if you're young and you have a sport that's taking up a lot of your time, that's a good thing. That's A Great sentiment. I really like that. So looking forward, what is your dream for the community of Lethbridge and and what role do you see sports playing in that?
0: Well, I think my dream is uh, that we continue to promote that. It does take selfless people who are prepared to give up their free time. And uh, I talked about my kids going back and coaching and many others go back and coach in many other sports. They are, So they've had a turn at success, they've had an opportunity, and then giving back so that others can be successful too, sharing their knowledge, sharing the uh, skill development, and they're basically doing it, they're driving kids to tournaments, uh, uh, you know, some of those trips can be uh, four, six, eight hours drive each way, and they're doing it selflessly in support of, of athletes, so that they can succeed and compete against the best competition. As long as we continue to have uh, a city where people are prepared to volunteer and support others and support young people, we will have a healthy city. So I hope we always continue to do that, uh, I know our schools are tremendous in terms of uh, a first point of support, but certainly our uh, sports organizations in the city are crucial to make sure that kids can pursue the opportunities and pursue their dreams.
1: Absolutely. I I hope that can only continue to to grow into the future. That's the full list of questions I I had. So I'd like to thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today and, and wish you all the best in your impending retirement.
0: It's been a pleasure and uh, nice, a nice way to end on a positive and uh, talk about some of the great things in our city and the, the things we can continue to aspire to. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: And that wraps up another fantastic addition to the Your Quality Life series. I'd like to thank Mayor Chris Spearman on the behalf of the Lethbridge Sport Council for all the work he has done in the past eight years for the city and thank him, of course, for being kind enough as to join us and do an interview with us for this series. And I'd like to, of course, thank you for listening to this interview and
0: I hope to see you at the next one. Thank you.